This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, October 20th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. Mario Vargas Llosa has received this year's Nobel Prize in Literature, but he is more than that. He has been an outspoken figure against Latin American abuses of human rights. He spoke at the Cato Institute on the intersection of art in the struggle for freedom and modernization in Latin America. The event was held in November 2006. I was was asking myself, is this exactly true? Everything is uh, on the guts in, in Latin America? Well, no. I think you have an exception to this uh, rule of uh, general decay, which is literature. I am not uh, a nationalist. I am not arrogant. Uh, but I, can, I, I, I think that you can say that in this particular field, literature, and maybe in a wider artistic field, uh, painting, music, Latin America has a very different uh, reality. I think this is fair to recognize that uh, we have been producing in Latin America uh, poems, novels, paintings, uh, uh, musical compositions uh, that are not provincial, that are not uh, underdeveloped, that uh, can be compared without uh, any kind of uh, complex with uh, the best standards, uh, artistic and literary, all over the world. If you think in a poet like uh, Neruda or Octavio Paz uh, or Cesar Vallejo, uh, in novelists like uh, Alejo Carpentier, García Márquez, in a writer like Jorge Luis Borges, um, and if you thank you very much, uh, and if you think in in uh, paintings like uh, uh, Lam, uh, Tamayo. Uh, well, Diego Rivera, uh, if you think that Latin America has been uh, making dance in the whole world for the last 20 or 30 years, you can say that in this particular field, Latin America is not an underdeveloped world. That is a world that has been evolving, developing, and belongs now to the first uh, world. Why? Why our poets, our novelists, our paintings, unlike our politicians, our entrepreneurs, uh, our intellectuals, have evolved and are now citizens of the of the avant-garde? I think because certain. Um, trends or or characteristics of the literary and and artistic uh, Latin American uh, world. First of all, I think writers and and poets in, in Latin America accepted globalization before the world was created. Our great writers, and I can go uh, far away, 
Rubén Darío, por ejemplo, ¿no? They had a vision over the national, re regional, continental borders. They saw the world. And they opened themselves to the, to the world. Their models were not provincial, regional, uh, no. Their models were the best works and, and creators, uh, different cultures, different languages. Uh, uh, the best uh, poems came from France. They were totally oriented uh, towards French uh, literature and French uh, artistic values. Uh, Um, the best novels were written in the United States during the Lost Generation. Well, they read voraciously Faulkner, Hemingway, Scott Fitzgerald, John Dos Passos. Um, and they contaminated themselves with the best that the literary creation could provide. Probably the most extraordinary case is Borges. Borges is someone that... Uh, seems when you when you read him uh, someone that received really the influence of everything that was important uh, all over the world all cultures all languages uh, he read the best poets he read the best uh, uh, essayists he read the best philosophers and in many cases in the original language He was a citizen of the world, as were Vallejo, Neruda, all our great literary and, and artistic creators, when, unlike what happened in the literary and artistic field, Latin America was closing uh, over itself, uh, blinding itself towards what was happening uh, outside, and doing and repeating, you know, Uh, because of this uh, lack of contamination with what was changing the, the world, repeating the, the mistakes and the, the errors of the, of the past. Uh, I think this is uh, the, the explanation of our uh, underdevelopment. Uh, we have been, unlike writers and uh, artists, uh, totally reluctant to learn uh, the lessons of the, of the uh, rest of the world, the successful stories, the... Uh, it's not an economic problem, it's a, not a political problem, it's a, a cultural program. Problem. Uh, I was listening to some of the uh, interventions and the question is, what, why this populism? Well, populism is the, the oldest political tradition of uh, humankind. Huh? Uh, democracy, freedom, market economy, <laughs> these are very recent, very modern notions. Uh, there was no tradition of this in any country until very, very recently. This came quite, quite recently, and this is something that is there, for everybody to, to adopt it, if it wish. 
Well, the countries that had adopted this have progressed and have modernized themselves and have become uh, prosperous and, of course, freer and, and more civilized than, than the rest. We haven't done that because we were deeply rooted in an anachronistic and populist tradition. Um, the circumstantial reforms of attempts of modernization have failed in so many cases because they were not supported by a conviction, by ideas, uh, by the belief uh, that only doing these reforms, these changes, we could really overcome our poverty and our uh, inequalities and uh, what I am trying to say is that uh, if this is true, well, it's the battle of ideas which are the most important battle that we have to win in Latin America if we don't want to repeat eternally this cycle uh, which we are now seeing uh, repeating itself in some, in some countries in spite of the fact that very, very recently these same countries had this horrendous experience of, uh, well, um, we know what are the, the, the results of populism in, in, in economic, in social, and in the last run in also in, in, in political matters. That is uh, why I think uh, we must not permit the economists to say development, progress, modernization is an economic problem. This is not true. The economy is just an aspect, important, but just an aspect of what is progress, what is modernization, what is development. What is really important is ideas and culture. We have to change the ideas and the culture that is deeply, deeply rooted in Latin America. We have to convince our fellow Latin Americans that uh, businessmen, entrepreneurs are not exploiters, the enemies of the poor, that they are really the important tools for the creation of wealth and transformation, that capitalism markets are not dirty words, that are words that are inseparable of progress, of prosperity, of civilization, that is socialism, communism, nationalization, nationalism, which are really the, the main reasons for our poverty, our misery, our inequalities. And, well, this is a cultural battle. This is a battle for, for ideas. Um, it's difficult to, to, to win, but it's not impossible. We have heard the cases of so many countries that in very few years have changed completely um, from what they, they were because they adopted these new ideas, uh, these kind of policies. Uh, Estonia is not, of course, the only case. Huh? There are Ireland, Spain, uh, Spain, a very, very interesting, a fascinating case. You know? I went to Spain when I was um, just a student, and I remember what kind of country. It was an underdeveloped country. Latin American country. And look now, the transformation is really extraordinary. Uh, 
but not only in economic terms. It's a cultural transformation, it's new ideas, uh, and now this culture has impregnated everything, and, uh, well, the example is there to follow. Well, I want to, I want to finish um, thanking, once again, the Atlas Foundation, Alex Chafuen, Cato Institute, for helping us to organize esta, this uh, uh, conference, and uh, thanking you very much for your cooperation and solidarity. Thank you very much. Mario Vargas Llosa has received this year's Nobel Prize in Literature. This was a section of his talk at the Cato Institute in 2006. You can read some of Llosa's writings at our website, cato.org.